0: beautiful people welcome to love babs love talk i'm babs Rolls ivy it's wednesday let me just tell you i saw an amazing show last night at the schubert the Hit, uh dion warwick something or other presents <laughs> and uh it was so incredibly good like it was so good. These young people, you know, it's sort of like Glee on steroids. That's that's the best way I could tell you. It's like Glee on steroids. And uh, and uh, we went, me, Faye, Markeisha, and saw people that we know, lots and lots of people that we know. But, man, they, you know, it's all about the hit. It's all about songs. So, you know, they, you know, they they went from Gershwin to James Brown to... To to now, <laughs> and these babies sang and danced their hearts out. Twenty nine kids in various ranges from, I don't know, like eight to seventeen or so, maybe twenty one. It was such an amazing show. I, I'm just so glad that I, I got to go. It was a uh, Di Warwick uh, presents. Hits the musical, uh, from from uh, from Broadway to Billboard to Billboard to Broadway, you know that kind of stuff. So it was it was it was songs from the movies, it was songs from Broadway. Ah, it was so amazing. I mean, they sang everything. I mean, they belted out a Whitney Houston song. They did a wonderful Marvin Gaye medley thing. Um, you know, so they you know they went through the era the eras so it was great you know the the four 20s 30s 40s you know um i'm singing in the rain just singing in the rain what a glorious feeling i'm happy again so they did that um and it was well done it was well done um they did all i mean it was all kinds of uh you know, um, Jesus Christ Superstar, Oh gosh, I mean, it was all kinds of, uh, it was just so many songs, I can't even remember what they were, because they were so good, and I was so, I mean, we just, we just was jamming, you know, they did a little Supremes, they did a little bit of boy group stuff, um, it was really good, I was, I was really, uh, I was very happy to be in the audience. Nice job. Nice job, Schubert. I enjoyed that very much, I must say. So uh you know, we hung out at Possible Futures first. I went to Mamba's yesterday for lunch, a late lunch. I had a pork chop. I hadn't had a pork chop in forever. I'm telling you, the Puerto Ricans know how to cook. But I can't eat there all the time because oh, that's a lot. It was a lot. You know, I got a large, because, you know, excess. Um, but it was good. So, yeah. And then uh, we went to the show. We didn't go out before the show or after the show. It was just late. I am tired. I've been out every night this week. And uh, and I still might skip over to the basketball game tonight, 630. I might, I might do it. I don't think I'm going to stay for the whole thing but i might I might try to pop in there and catch some of it um just to see uh, uh Carissa's son play. Uh, so I'll do that. I'm thinking that's what I'm gonna do. I've got so many other things to do. I've got homework I need to do I got uh commitments that um.
1: Um, that my coach wants me to do
0: uh, there's stuff that I have to do and uh, I got to get to it and I got an executive committee meeting budget so I think that's a I think that's an arts council thing at three o'clock so I'll 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 sit through that and then uh, and then my evenings are free so I could get some homework done I think I think that's what I could get done. I don't know. It's it's a lot. (laughs) Oh, man, it is a lot. It is a lot. I'm going to have to uh, edit my life down tremendously. And I'm not going to make that decision yet. I'm going to see where things shake out. Uh, But uh, I I think that's what I'm going to have to do to shake my life down a little bit uh, i'm going to the symphony on friday which is you know my favorite thing and then saturday ha, ah, story week the story no sa- saturday saturday so saturday lunch with allison happy birthday allison today's allison's birthday um allison regis who moved here from new york <laughs> now works at southern so i'm gonna i'm gonna see her on saturday for her birthday and
1: then uh, that's all I got
0: going on. And then I, I go to Story Week on Sunday. I think I'm having coffee with um, Nicholas Dowerdorf Sunday morning. You know, like some ridiculous early hour. And then I'll, and I'll get on uh, and then I have my uh, writer, writer group with Jill Sunday at 11. So it might be nice to get up and have some coffee and uh, come back home and be ready to rock and roll. You know that's not a bad idea. So, so I I, I figure out I figure we could get that in. I figure that out. I figure that out. And uh, and then that's it. And then next week I need to let my inner city boss know. Next week I'm I'm away. Next week <laughs> I'm away next week. For a uh, story week, I meant to tell him weeks ago. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I had to tell him today. I had to tell him about today. I had to tell him about Marrakesh too. Like I'm away. It's where I'm gonna be. I'm away. Uh, so I'll do that today because it needs to be done. I don't know how I. You know, time is just flying by. So so I drive through downtown New Haven last night. I see all the the bars and the restaurants have moved their outside seating. It just looks so desolate. Whose idea was that they should have left them damn chairs and tables out there. Cause people like sitting outside. Even if it's cold, people sit outside. They, they got the heaters out there. I, I don't, I just don't understand. And then they, and then they, they announced that it has to be done with so much venom. Do you know what I mean? Hey Paul. Hi Harry. <laughs> I know Paul's out there scouring these mean streets of, of, uh, New Haven for a word on the street. Go up by the by the restaurants and talk to the people. I know they're just coming in. Because if you run a restaurant, you already in there getting ready for the day. Um, you know what? Restaurants, bars in New Haven, y'all should get together and get behind a candidate that really is interested in your livelihood and 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 interested in 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 your your staying staying in New Haven. Does this mayor even eat out? Does he even go, does he even know what bars and restaurants we have in this town? Uh, please don't tell me, oh, he's married with kids. I was married with kids and managed to go to all kinds of stuff, but that I'm a woman, so there's that part. No shade to men, but lots of shade to men. Um, dear bars and restaurants, y'all run and get behind a candidate that is interested in your well-being and your longevity. And don't make, you know, petty laws and petty... Well, he can't make laws, but petty, petty, petty edicts that, you know, that make no sense. for for what? Parking? You got these white things all up. Now you got to drive through those things. You shouldn't allow anybody to be driving over there. Like that should just be pedestrian safe. But, but I'm not the mayor. And I don't know anybody I, who I like who wants to be mayor. Although I might have to make some decisions quickly, I guess. I'll think about it. I'll wait to some some facsimile of a debate and see what people have to say. And then I'll make my decisions, I guess. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm paying attention. I'm looking. I'm just not impressed yet. So maybe I have to uh, give up trying to be impressed and just go with a choice. We'll see. I know I talk a lot of ish. but You know what? I could talk a lot of ish because I've sat in office twice. So I know what it's like to run a city. I know I've been in this, been in the seat, not as a mayor, but as the, on the city council. So I know, and, and I've been around the city enough to know how it operates and how it runs. Oh no, I don't want to be mayor. Hell no. You know, no, no. So that they could drive, drive me crazy. I, uh-uh. But I love the city enough. Let me tell you. I will tell you that. I love it enough. I love it enough. I love it enough to see it wanted to be ran by somebody who loves it equally. You know, I want somebody to love, I, like I said yesterday, I want somebody to love this city. Every ounce of it. Even the things, the parts that are ugly and troubling. I need them to love that part. Otherwise, what are you doing? What are you even doing? You know, we we have all, we have all. The, we have all the resources to solve the problems. We just need somebody to be creative enough to get everybody on board to solve the problems. We don't have that. What well, we have is small and petty we don't have we don't have we don't have big thinking ideas and creativity and and joy we We don't have that in this particular sitting mayor, you know. Lackluster and mediocrity is what he brings to the table. It's all right. Let's get him. Let's reelect somebody else. You know, I don't know who that is. I. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Got myself together. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know nothing about brass construction going to get high, high, high yeah woo, ha and i'm moving on that's brass construction y'all know nothing about no brass construction <laughs> woo. i need some brass construction i might put some music on this well i can't i got a lot of i got lots to do but it should be a full-on dance party so um yeah it's wednesday it's the middle of the week. It's the middle of the week and uh, whatever. I'm trying to blur the lines. I'm trying to make every day the weekend, honestly. I'm just trying to not, I'm not trying to have a weekend. I'm having just, it's just going to all feel seamless. That's what I want. And so when I need to take a break, I take a break. I don't wait for Friday or Saturday or Sunday. That's my goal. As I march to 60, I don't need to wait for the weekend to be it the for, the, for it to be the weekend. If I if I need a break on a Tuesday, damn it, I'm taking a break on a
1: Tuesday. That's my that's my that's my next level thinking. That's my next level thinking. <sighs> what a world! What a world! What a world!
0: Yeah, so the two people that were killed by the cartels, two brothers, two black men. When I say brothers, I don't mean blood related people. I mean black people. So, oh, what a terrible. I, Cause I, I guess I mistuck them for Haitians. Even the cartel is profiling. Damn. <laughs> they don't take the time to ask. <laughs> yeah, you roll about somebody just gonna shoot them. You don't ask. You know, like, hey, where you from? What's your name? What's your sign? They don't ask. Cartel profiling too. White supremacy is deep, man. White supremacy got non-white people carrying out. The destruction of white supremacy carrying out white supremacy uh, acts <sighs> whatever I, you know that's racial profiling you just see some black people and you just assume they're some from somewhere because why else would they be here if they're not drug dealers <laughs> like like the cartel don't even read the room like y'all got a whole surgery health uh arm and and you y'all are just thinking everybody's down for the for the drugs cartels if you're listening and i know you're not y'all got other industry believe it or not there's other industry and and you know the 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 brazilian butt lifts is a whole industry and tummy tucks and all that other kind of stuff it's a whole industry that the cartels seem to know nothing about. So next time you run up on people, particularly people of color, inquire. It takes a few minutes to inquire, cartels. It's not gonna, it's not gonna make you seem weak, because now you look stupid. Now you look like you're unorganized, disorganized, and just new at this. I'm just saying to the to the people in the cartels, and don't run up on me, I don't got nothing for you. I'm not a drug dealer. I don't even use drugs. So I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're going to be in the cartel game, be good at the cartel game. Damn, just killing innocent people just uh, because they look like they're Haitian and whatever that means. What, what you should say is we saw some black people. We thought they were drug dealers. We killed them and we kidnapped, kidnapped the women. And then when we found out through the women, we let them go. Is that how that all went down? I don't know what to make of this world. I just don't. But that's what I'm going to go with. That's how That's how I work it out of my brain, right? That's exactly how I work it out of my brain. I, I could be really wrong. And, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So anyway, uh
1: I'm
0: I'm in my earth with a fire vibe now. My voice is a little stretched. I don't know what it is. Maybe because I talk so much, it's starting to feel a little uh I, I I had two drinks yesterday. I had and they were far apart. I had two two doers. I like doers on the rocks with a little bit of ice, but not a lot. But when I'm in places where I can't, you know, I'm not sitting down and drinking. I was such a shoe version. So I had a doers. Because normally when I order a, a whiskey or, or a scotch or something, I like my ice on the side and then I could dictate how much ice I put in. Uh, but i didn't do that last night I just like a little bit of ice and you know they never give you a little bit of ice they go gung-ho because you know they're trying to give you less liquor or whatever i don't know i could be wrong i'm no bartender but i had two drinks i feel like i had like 20 drinks i don't know what that is i mean i know what it is because i'm i'm in a i'm in a yeah i i know i know why it's weird it's a weird thing so but anyway uh I had two doors. It was good. I saw Burl Bailey last night, which was really nice to see her. I hadn't seen her in a long time. She got my phone number. I'm going to have her come on talk about how to fix education because if anybody can fix education, Burl can. (laughs) I'm convinced. I, I know of the work that she does. I don't know how people still stay in education, but somebody's got to stay and fight the good fight. Somebody does. I get that. I get that very much. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the world according to what I know. So um, let's see, what is, what, is, what is coming up? There's all kinds of stuff coming up. Uh, and, you know, we're marching towards spring, which I'm excited about. Daylight saving time is this weekend. So, you know, we're going to lose this hour of uh, light in the morning, which is unfortunate. Because I actually like the light early in the morning. You know, but it'll be lighter, longer in the day. So uh, whatever. I think this is what the last year for that. Oh, my hand is itching. You know, I, I'm one of these people that if my my right hand is itching, and sometimes the left, but mostly the right hand, that money is coming my way. So I guess I better buy a lottery ticket. I guess. We'll see. It'd be nice. <laughs> I could use the money. I can 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 use the money, you know and uh yes, yeah, so I, I you know i am waiting to hear back from some things, and then I'll make the decision about how to set my life up, and that will mean um, uh stepping down from some things and i and I will i I don't I'm gonna have to not immediately, but, yeah.
1: Uh, quickly, not immediately though. Take the summer if I could have it. So we'll see what happens. I just feel
0: like I, I, I could, I could see the shifting and the change in my life and the trajectory of where it's going. I see it. Um, it's a whole new world, and uh, and I have to be prepared for it. Now, some things I'll still be rooted to. Like I, I, my goal is to still be employed doing my favorite thing which is talking (laughs) um which is talking as speaking of talking I got some I got some ask out there so that I could have some folks on the show because there's some people that I really want to talk to um, who are doing some incredible things um so I'm trying to trying to trying to do that and
1: see if I can get folks on the wire
0: and uh you know uh, I've got some really interesting people coming up, and I, I'm excited to talk to them. So, so that's that's really the plan, you know. Uh, I am uh, having a conversation. Uh, let's see. Oh, never mind. I'll post it up later after I come back from. Uh, it's posted up. I'm having a conversation with uh, um, Janet. Uh, a Sunday salon with Janet. Let's talk about mothers who have been incarcerated, and uh, and this is a Lauren hookup. This is a Lauren from Possible Futures hookup,
1: and uh, I'm I'm excited. So, hmm. I'm I'm
0: excited by that. So, hmm. uh, and I love these I love these ideas of these Sunday salons. But uh, I've got to tell Lauren I need another day for another group of people who can't do Sundays because Sundays are their, um, you know, family time. And I get that because, you know, when I was raising kids, I used to hate going to uh, basketball games and stuff like that on a Sunday Uh, because after I got out of church, I'd like to just chill. You know, and when you you have kids who play sports, particularly AAU, which is so uh, invasive and consuming. Oh, my God. It's as if the AAU is run by heathens. Like, they just, I'm like, don't y'all, anybody, nobody goes to church. Nobody. (laughs) All these tournaments got to be on Sunday. (laughs) Oh, God. That's all I'm saying. I'm just so yeah uh I I am uh I was uh I was watching Deborah Lee on Good Morning America and I didn't hear the part about I came in back into the room and heard her talking about her book I missed the piece about her and Bob Johnson oh girl that's a horrible choice (laughs) but anyway this is her this is her uh this is her book of redemption, which we all have a walk of redemption. We all should have a walk of redemption. So anyway, she, she had a, re- she had a relationship with uh, Bob Johnson and it got toxic. And I guess, you know, he, uh, you know, like, like men, some men, like some men will do, they will be toxic. And, uh, and I think he held her hostage and she was afraid and didn't know what to do and didn't have any girlfriends she could talk to and, And I think this is a lesson for, for women to hear because oftentimes women get in these situations and they think, they think that they caused this situation or they think that they're the only ones in this situation and they don't know how to get out of the situation because they have so much more to lose. I get it. I get it. I get
1: it. I get it. I get it.
0: You know. That people will ruin your life. I get it. I I just wished she should have just put her two fingers, two middle fingers up boy by and let him try to destroy her and make it very public. But you know, that's not the road she went. It played its course, you know? Um, I mean, whew, that's a lot. I, I'm just struck that she found him attractive enough to want to have an affair with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ain't, you ain't take no notes from his first wife, (laughs) but it's her time to tell the story. Now he'll either say something or not say something. If I am him and I'm not, and I don't want to be, if I were him, I would just come out and say, you know what? I acted in a manner that was unbecoming the man who I am right now and just shut up. Like don't try to drag her. Don't try to, oh, blah, blah, blah. It was mutual, blah. Don't say anything. Just shut up. So, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad she's telling it because th- there, there, their power dynamics is a is a is a real thing. And if you are not experienced enough to see that dynamic being choking you, winding around you this is what happens to women all the time because it starts out as you know interest and it starts i mean it, it's, it's so many things so anyway here comes word on the street Good morning hey way to go good morning babs how are you i'm good how are you
2: hey i'm having trouble getting you let me try again
0: why you hearing me all right yes i hear you loud so and clear the noise we
2: we're hoping to hear that Kiomi was hoping to hear on Winthrop Avenue. Kiyomi had a friend stop, try to help him get his Ford. Is it SUV? F one fifty. F one fifty starts. What was what's the word on the seat this morning, Kiomi?
3: More stay, Chris Goss.
2: What about your F one fifty? What was going on this morning with your engine? Well,
3: it's more of a battery problem, you know it's, um, it's a Ford. I say
2: about it. Tell me about that. Does that mean there are a lot of mornings when it doesn't start?
3: Yep.
2: So, what happened this morning? Like when you got in the car, it didn't start?
3: Yep.
2: So, where were you headed?
3: School.
2: Where'd you go to school? And so, how did you get it started? I saw you had a friend stop.
3: Checked out the barrier terminals, checked out uh, all the electrical problems, the still problems, and it was. So, folded and shut packs from my old home and worked.
2: So someone helped you, right? I saw a guy help you. Yeah. Who was that?
3: Uh, a friend of mine.
2: Was he driving by? Did you call him? I called him. So you needed help from your friend who knows cars, maybe?
3: Who's a guy?
2: And what's his name? Ed. Ed. So Ed, how far away does Ed live? Quarter uh, mile that way. So did Ed come right over to help you? Yes. Yeah. Go, Ed. Go, Ed. Ed's a good friend. When's the last time you called him to help you with your car? Yes, sir. So two days <laughs> in a row, Ed helped you. Yeah. So what did Ed do this morning?
3: Checked out see if an it was just the alternator or if it was the battery.
2: And it was the battery. So did he give you? I, I came too late. Did he um hook up to charge it? How did he get it going?
3: Well, I bought the jump pack uh, a couple of days ago when it was snowing, and it's um, up uh, there. And just
2: so the a pack. jump pack, do you need to go in his car or it starts it on its own? It does on its own. So why did you buy the jump pack?
3: Because I've been having a lot of problems, and honestly, everybody should have a jump pack.
2: And had you already been having problems with this vehicle? Yes. And how long you had it?
3: Yeah, a couple months.
2: And is it how many times has it not started? A couple months worth times. Like what? Like five, ten? Fifteen. Really? Yeah. In a month? So what are you gonna do, man? Do you think you got a bum car? Or you think it's all right?
3: No car is a bum car, just a bum owner. And I've got to start being a bum owner.
2: No, I think you're good on it. So what do you study at Gateway, Kim? Zero sure, so. Studies. And what what year are you in? Oh, and how do you like it?
3: Uh, sorry.
2: What do you hope to be doing with it?
3: Uh, mostly getting cross credit for the job I need. Uh,
2: and what's the job you need? Uh, oh, cool. oh, in other words, a good job you're not supposed to say. It's one of those kind of good jobs. Yeah. You don't want to say what it is. No. And where did you grow up, Kiyomi? Here. What, what neighborhood? Here. Oh, this neighborhood here. Yeah. And you, re- how long you live in this house? Uh, a year? A year? Where'd you go? Who was his parents? You can't hear us? No, I hear you. Who was his parents? Uh, no, no, is his parents? Uh, he looks familiar. North
3: Carolina, Alaska.
2: North Carolina, Alaska.
3: Alaska, uh, Georgia. For a bit.
2: Can you hear us now? I hear you.
0: I just want to know who his parents are.
2: Oh, he she she asked your parents where she thinks she knows you. Mm-hmm. She thinks she knows you. Who are your parents? He was asking. But You My know, parents. Babs?
3: I would never forget this.
2: <laughs> so he's asking who your parents is. She thinks she knows you.
3: Oh, cable, Sparkle, uh, I five of them.
2: And what, where did you graduate high? Yeah, uh, I uh,
3: oh, the Cross.
2: I went to Cross. How was it?
3: It was his parents. Uh-huh.
2: Oh, what time is class today? 11. 11, so you'll be there on time. Maybe. Does it still have to run a while before you can go?
0: Yeah.
2: All right, Kiomi. Babs, do you have any questions for Kiomi before we let
0: him go? Kiyomi, where'd you go to church? Did you go to church in New Haven?
2: You go to church in New Haven? I did not. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. We're going to get a photo of Kiyomi on the way out for the Independent. And this is Kiomi and Paul signing off on Love Bounds, Love Talk, WNHHFM, New Haven's home, the community radio.
0: Right. Wow. Although Kiyomi was like, acting like he was a spy. <laughs> yeah, moving around like he's a spy. Like, Kiyomi, what are you up to? He just seemed like somebody I know, like somebody's kid I know. That's why I was asking. Like he might be the youngest of uh, a friend of mine's sons. But uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Listen, you might just need to get a new battery. Get a new battery. Cause you know, every morning you have to do that mess is gonna wear you down. You're just gonna be worn down by that. And you're not gonna like it. You're just not gonna like it. So anyway, that's the way of the world, people. That is the way of the world. Uh, Oh, you know what? Let me tell you who the guest is gonna be at 1015. So uh, it's gonna be Christy Stewart. Um, There's an exhibit coming up at Gateway today. Um uh, the interactive ex- exhibit ex- exploring planning and democracy um uh, is it has been touring, I guess Connecticut, and it's gonna be a gateway tonight is the reception. so uh, Christy's gonna come on and talk about wh- what w- what we'll see in this exhibit and why this is important um, so the uh the reception is today from five to seven. And I might, I might pop in there for a tight hour. We'll see. Anyway, Christine Stewart is the chief initiative officer uh, for the Center for Housing Opportunity, so she's going to be my guest at ten fifteen. So I'm looking forward to talking to her and hearing about what we will learn uh, from this exhibition and why it's important. It's called a, a view from Connecticut, um, you know, and uh, it's organized by the Center for Housing Opportunity the Connecticut State Colleges and universities Regional Plan Association and the practice of democracy. So the interactive experience explores the impact of the built environment and past planning decisions on the lives of Connecticut residents. So so I I you know I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation and and, and hopefully she will be able to overlay race into this conversation so that we could look at what that looks like. If not, then I don't know how this is a good exhibit, but i'm a i'm a i'm gonna withhold my judgment until I talk to her and see what she comes up with. <laughs> see what we learn, see what we learn see what we learn people so so that's uh that's today, and uh I hope people can go check it out. The exhibit will be there from March 6th to April fourteenth so and I had my last day at the uh, at the creative arts workshop at the uh, uh, gallery, the Hill Gallery, Haleo Gallery, Hallie Gallery. I don't know how you pronounce that. Um, but my exhibit is still there. All the exhibit is still up till the 18th, and I take it down on the 19th. So that means I just go and I got to figure out what to do with this bench and where to put it. Oh my God, it's just a lot to think about. So so maybe this weekend I, I start trying to make space for where it could go because otherwise I don't know where it's
1: going to go. I just don't know where it's going to go.
0: So, so we'll figure it out. We'll make it, make it happen. Too many things, too many books. I don't want to say too many things. I have a lot of things. Let's just say that. We have a lot of things in the space that was not meant to have all this stuff. You know, so it is what it is, people. We'll just we'll just make do and uh try to move through as best we can. You know. Uh anyway, I'm still basking, uh I'm still basking in the in the time that we had at Possible Features the other night with my mood. Who came to speak about his nba blacklisting and his health and his his uh journey to islam so i'm still struck by his presence lovely lovely man and every time i look at the pictures i'm just so happy lovely 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 man so anyway uh Go and look at the pictures up on Facebook. It was really a wonderful time, uh, put on by the Yale Divinity School and all the Yale people doing their stuff. It was really, it was really a, a good time spent
1: listening. So, <laughs> anyway,
0: uh, good day, happy, um, holy. To all the Indian, to my Indian friends, uh, I want I want people to celebrate all the color and all the vibrancy. So yeah, and happy International Women's Day. So immerse yourselves, people, in all things women across the globe. Pick up an issue that is uh, woman centered because a woman centered issue is a world-centered issue a woman-centered issue is a world-centered issue i don't don't, we you know we're so we're so willing to sort of be so divisive on so many fronts (sighs) just willing to be so divisive and we're so willing to sort of stand in ignorance about women and women's bodies and how women's bodies operate and it's still a struggle it's still a struggle why are we struggling when we are half the population but you know you have to get women on board with women because if you get women on one accord then nothing a man says will have any effect but you have to get women on board with women you have to you have to get women to get on board to believe that they have to advocate for other women that make choices that are not their choices. That's what needs to happen here. That's how we have to start addressing these issues. Women have to advocate for other women whose choices they are not themselves making in their own lives. Why is that so hard? Why are we so willing to oppress other women because of the choices that they're making for their own behalf? We need to get women to get on board like that. Ah, because if we get women on board like that, then every time a man raises his voice or hand in opposition to what women need to do for themselves and their healthcare, it would just be dismissed. But we got too many women who are willing to be assassins of women. We've got too many women who are willing to be assassins of women and won't, won't hold the sky up for other women. Because they, 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 they are, they are doing the work of white supremacy and they're doing the work of colonialism. They're just doing the work of white oppressors.
1: I tell
0: you. That's how I feel. If we can get women on board in supporting the choices that women need to make for themselves,
1: uh, then
0: then all this this stuff that's against us, all these aggressions and assassination attempts on our person, our livelihood, our intelligence, our emotional stability, all that can be dismissed if women supported women in greater numbers. There are women who support women wholeheartedly, not enough of us. Because when I see laws being being enforced in this country or levied against women in this country, that I know that not enough women are banding together. Not enough women are banding together. Do you know what I mean?
1: So I I feel some kind of way uh, when I, when I, when I see,
0: you know, women don't have agency ownership over the decisions that they make in their best interest, you know, whether, whether it's about her health care or where she wants to live or work or be, or how many, or her reproductive system or whatever, you know,
1: I'm just saying.
0: I'm just saying. So anyway, there's still time to see Seven Lenses uh, documenting Black culture. It's up at Southern. It's up, it's up at Lyman. You can go up there. They'll let you in. You know, it's the, those glass cases that sit right in that lobby. You can go look upon that work, you know, and see it. You can do that. There's enough art in this town. And if you're up there for the symphony, take a look take a look you know take a
1: look take a look and uh and see it you know i i love the idea of art and spaces you know let's go take a look see what you see see what you see take a look oh that's lovely where is this
4: Huh. Oh, that's why I don't wanna
0: nobody wants to live in Ansonia. <laughs> nobody. Not even the people in Ansonia. Uh and, and then please don't don't write me telling me otherwise. I don't I don't wanna know. <laughs> you know, so but anyway, happy Women's day. So much work to do. Every time we make gains, there's more gains to be made. Happy Women's Day. There's a lot to be. Uh, there's a lot to be uh, had. There's
1: a lot, lot more that we have to do, and uh,
0: we're making strides as best we can, as fast as we can. But today would be a good day to sort of think about where you are uh, in this walk, run. To, for justice for women across the globe and and spend the day looking at what women need globally that would be a good use of your time and contribute to something that benefits women globally you know send ten dollars somewhere i know you think ten dollars is small and it is but if you send ten 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 dollars and 20 other people send ten dollars or or a thousand people across the globe or thousands of people across the globe send ten, $10 to to some international women's effort, then that's a good way to, a good use of your money.
1: I'm just saying. Hey, Harry. You're muted. You figure
5: I would know this, how to use this. Already. Oh,
0: listen, we all, we, we, listen, no matter what, we all do it.
5: Yes, yeah, so happy Women's Day to all the beautiful women out there.
0: Thank you, thank you.
5: Um, also, you know, being selfish, I'm going to identify as a woman too. This way I could be celebrated.
0: Okay, really? Knock it off.
5: <laughs> so I could win a, a trophy. Okay,
0: you need a trophy, um, Harry. I'll
5: send you a trophy. No, but you know where would we be without all oh, the wonderful women in this world?
0: Well, I'm trying to tell you. <coughs> Excuse me.
5: So, so did you, did you? I wasn't listening. Did you hear? Did you speak about the the cartel?
0: Yeah.
5: Oh, you did. You know
0: with their racial profiling.
1: And-
5: I was gonna say. I think they're using AI. Right, because they they they're saying it was mistaken identity that they thought they were some Haitian drug runners. Right, yeah. so this is the cartel worried about other people running drugs. <laughs> yeah, but in their territory, that's the thing. So, so, in it, it, there's been a. a you know, large migration of, of Haitians going to Mexico and a lot of them. Oh, market, is that
0: is that what it is?
5: Yeah, and they, they are getting in the drug trade. They're, they're being hired by a lot of these cartels.
3: So they were
5: misidentified as as a Haitian group working for another cartel.
0: Yeah. So so that is the epitome of racial profiling.
5: Yeah, so right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They were using that that. AI system.
0: (laughs) Although a few minutes of a conversation, Harry would have prevented all of that.
5: (laughs) You know, cartels don't speak.
0: (laughs) They should
3: words.
5: They, I mean, they're going to be a
0: cartel. They need to. They they need some rules. (laughs) (laughs) They need
5: some rules, Harry. Unfortunately, I mean, we have to, as Americans. We have to be cautious. We we can't take our American privilege wherever we go. So we just have to be weary of, of everything and make sure if somebody's looking at you side-eyed, that you make sure that they're not misidentifying you as any as somebody else. Yeah. You know, and say, hey, yo, what's up? You know. Well,
0: apparently they caught somebody, right?
5: Well, you know, they got one of somebody got thrown to the wolves because.
0: Well, yeah, because that heat was gonna come.
5: Yeah, so that that's what happened because if you look at it, there was quite a few people there, and and then other tourists started turning their cars around because they didn't want none of the heat either,
1: and everything. So it it's sad, sad, but, and this is what um
5: one of the border people one of the border police i'm not sure if there's a ranger texas ranger or something he was saying the cartel usually kills everybody the fact yeah. that that two go tells you that it that it was a mistake yeah <laughs> you know so it's like oh oh so are killed.
0: you saying that the cartel has some kind of conscience
5: well they said oh we killed americans that that's a different type of heat oh okay so
0: yeah, because no one cares if you kill Haitians, I guess. Yeah,
5: yeah unfortunately, Babs, yeah. Right. Okay. So the fact that these were Americans is a different type of heat. So, okay. So they let the other two go and basically doing a mere culpa by by throwing one of their guys to the wolves. Okay. <laughs> All right. But <laughs> wow. yeah, so moral of the story is they. Well, you know that they issued the State Department issued a warning to Americans. The spring trick spring break is coming.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, but they do that every year, right? Like they gotta but, do that every year.
5: But not just this. <laughs> it's so funny if you look at this thing. They have levels of cartel activity in Mexico, so they they give you. Mm. Where to go and where not to go in these warnings, right? First, the warning this time is actually don't go to Mexico right now. But if you go, there's this is a level four location, this is a level three location. <laughs> no, yeah. I can't do that. i will stay home.
0: There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's 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 on that's that's unfortunate because Mexico is such a wonderful place to visit and the cartels just ruin it for everybody.
5: And the thing is, <laughs> is that right now they're warring, you know, the cartels are warring against each other. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you're caught in the crossfire, you're caught in the crossfire. So it's, it's scary. Yeah,
0: it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. It is unfortunate.
5: I mean, we do have beaches and stuff here in America for spring breakers. You don't have to go.
0: They're going to
5: go.
0: I mean, you're going to go to Cancun. I mean, he's going to go?
5: Yeah. I think they'll be
0: all right. These kids will be, the kids will be all right.
5: I'm not. Honestly, Karen and I were looking at an all-inclusive thing we have through our timeshare, and we're not doing it.
0: Don't be afraid. I mean, I think you'll be fine. Like, I don't.
5: Yeah, I don't want to think I'm gonna be fine. I just want to go and not think okay, about it. A,
0: where were you gonna go in Mexico?
5: Um, it's
0: Cancun. Oh, Cancun is nice. Although it's not my favorite, I it's I prefer Cancun? to be it's on someone. the. Uh, I I prefer to be on the west coast of of uh of Mexico. I like Puerto Vallada. and uh, and uh, you know, I I like that side of Mexico. Yeah, I'm not. I think Cancun is just a little. It's like being in Miami for me you know yeah i'm not sure it feels very commercial but yeah i'm not going there i like a little rule a little a little bit of ruralness.
5: and then here's another thing right these people are going because for (coughs) for medical for a medical (coughs) procedure (coughs) um we got to make it affordable here so our people aren't going into danger to go get a surgery. I, I think she was getting a tummy tuck or something.
0: Yeah, and, and well, I, I mean that that's very telling about our our healthcare system.
5: Well, our healthcare system doesn't cover cosmetic stuff like that, right? So yeah. it's like it—that's cosmetic. So and yeah, even but,
0: if it's cosmetic stuff, people go to have other things done too yeah. that are not cosmetic because it costs them. You know, whatever I, you could pay three thousand as opposed to twenty thousand dollars.
5: Yeah, yeah, I know somebody going to another country to get a procedure that's fifteen to twenty thousand here, but twenty five hundred where they're going. You know, so it's like I wouldn't trust nothing like that. <laughs> You take, I mean, you want to play Russian roulette, go ahead.
0: And and I I don't say that to say they have good medical care in places. I think what happens is, you know, when you want that quick fix, that bargain basement, and you don't care, you don't do your due diligence to pay attention to find out, is this a real medical facility? Is this a licensed doctor? Is it, you know, you still have to do your due diligence and people don't do that.
5: I don't know anything no. outside of this country. You're going to these small towns in another place. For me, these are back alley locations. You know, this is it for well, me? Well,
0: I I don't I don't I'm I think the point that I'm making is that there's there is good. Me- I mean, the United States doesn't have the best health care in the world. We're like we're like like under fifty for the best health care. So I understand how people can go places, Canada.
1: portugal wherever
0: they wherever they go to get good health care you're talking about
5: affordable
0: you know to get to get to get affordable procedures then i i I don't mind that as much i think what happens is that people want what they want without doing due diligence because if you know that there is a reputable doctor hospital place then yes then you know what I, i would consider it but if it's not and if it's just word of mouth kind of stuff and you know, it's janky. And I, I you have to
1: yeah. Yeah, if
5: they tell you pay with with an Amazon gift card, <laughs> don't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just think I just think it's a lot the way people have to sort of do their due diligence. And I and if you're not willing to do your due diligence, but
5: but you're right. It is sad that you have to basically go into a you know, get a loan and go into a mortgage system to to get a medical procedure here, where you go over there. And it's a lot yeah, less.
0: It's a lot less.
5: Um, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to get a simple procedure and act like you're buying a car, you know, a new car
0: <laughs> or a house. Or a house. Like <laughs> buying a house, I need to have a I need to have this done. It's fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> You know, because medical bills is the number one bankruptcy of American citizens. So, and that's anything, Harry. It's not just operations. It's if you're having um, uh, treatments that require, you know, a particular drug that is ridiculously expensive here, might not be that expensive somewhere else. So it might be worth your while to go a couple of times to get a treatment uh, that is uh, economical for you. Over there, than opposed to, you know, losing everything you've got here. That that's that should be the the shame right there. That people feel like they have to do that kind of except
5: stuff. except if if you go over there, and you get a crappy operation or something, some medical procedure that doesn't come out right, you have no protections. Wherever you're going to get.
0: Well, you don't really have protections here either, Harry. You know, how, back you know how you know how hard it is to sue doctors and, and for medical malpractice. You know how difficult that is. We, you know,
5: that we have enough ambulance chasers that'll take cases.
0: Well, maybe, maybe not, maybe but. not. Particularly if you feel like you were wronged, and and it's it's a challenging and I, thing.
5: And I didn't mean to call lawyers <laughs> ambulance chasers. So All am my Lawyer your friends out <laughs> but you know what i mean there's enough people in that industry that do that
0: i, I don't think there is i i really don't think there is i, I, I don't i don't think so and uh i i, I see uh, you know as as i am going through the lost sc- lsat process and learning what i'm learning mm, you know it's not that many not that many. So God bless people. I, I feel sorry. I know they feel some kind of way that whatever. Oh, we got to go on break.
5: Yeah, you're listening to Love, Bazz, Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Um, yeah, we're going to go on break. Let's I got listen. a guest
0: at 1015, Um, Christy Stewart.
5: Yep. So we'll be right back. Let's listen to this PCA, PCA, <laughs> PSA, and we'll be right back. <laughs> We'll be right back.
4: While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhbbacks.org.
6: Strong confusion It's so easy.
7: every time I drive by and I roll down the window to raise up my hand and we flash each other the peace sign and it flows like a river the same way every day and I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life who waves to you and makes you feel fine The old woman who works in the grocery store I can tell has the hearts for me She blinks her fake eyelashes slowly And clicks her gum in a seductive way And it flows like a river the same way every day And I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life Who winks at you and makes you feel fine it's a long way down the river and it's a long way home and i hope you have someone special in your life who smiles with you and helps you have fun tall house next door to me Walks his old dog every day And I watch as he walks by my window And one day I'm gonna say hey And it flows like a river the same way every day And I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life To say hey to and make feel fine 'Cause It's a long way down the river and it's a long way home. And I hope you have someone special in your life who smiles with you and helps you have fun. Yes, I hope you have someone special in your life who smiles with you and helps you have fun.
6: Time goes by so fast Like a blink of an eye Every second you live A part of you will die No control of
0: Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love Talk on Babs, Rolls, Ivy. Uh, I get to talk to Christy Stewart this morning from the Centers for uh, Housing Opportunity. And the Center for Housing Opportunity, uh, an initiative of the Housing Collective, works to regionally support the equitable production, preservation, and protection of housing that is safe and affordable for people of all incomes, ages and backgrounds. Utilizing a collaborative data-driven approach, the center facilitates regional collective impact initiatives that strategically align resources and organizations from multiple sectors to advance, uh, to advance systems change in the housing space. And so they are partnering with a whole bunch of folks uh, to bring this exhibit, The Practice of Democracy, A View from Connecticut, um comes to New Haven today. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now tell me about this exhibit and what and what
8: will we learn from it? Sure. We are so excited about this exhibit. Um and it is a long time in the making. So, this exhibit is the brainchild of an incredible designer named that, uh, April D. Simone who in 2016 created a a national show called Undesign the Red Line. Um, And I was lucky enough to see that while it was in Washington, DC. And I have been trying for years now since then to bring a version of it here. Um, April is a a visionary uh, transdisciplinary designer. And this show brings her sort of uh, Love and deep understanding and connection to the built environment. So, you know, architecture and city planning and all of that. Um, it brings that to, into a conversation about um, what we see around us in our communities today and how we ended up um, where we are today with some of the social challenges that we face in various communities and neighborhoods. Um, and really an examination and exploration of the intentional policies and practices over hundreds of years that have delivered the the social conditions that we live with today in our neighborhoods. Um, So this show is a past to present um, sort of curation of the land use policies and community planning practices um, in the state of Connecticut. Um, It focuses specifically on New Haven um, also, Bridgeport and the city of Norwalk, um, and I hope everybody has a chance to go and see it. It's a really, um, it's a really fascinating way to think about um, the communities that we work and live in, and how maybe going forward we can do better in terms of planning those communities um, in a way that works for everyone um, and calling out some of the systemic racism that has been inherent in city planning, um, housing development, etc., for many,
0: many decades. So the idea of this exhibit is to show us what we've been doing and how we can do better? Okay. Yeah,
8: it's to show us what we've been doing, right? Because, and the, the genesis behind that idea is that, um, I spend a lot of time in the community talking to people about uh, our housing issues, and we recognize that part of what's playing into all of this is there isn't a a shared understanding of how our communities have been planned and built in terms of history. And to change how we do things, we have to learn how we've done them in the past. And so the idea is that we want folks to understand why um, some neighborhoods have been disinvested in, um, why some neighborhoods continue to be challenged, and to connect the dots between those challenges and intentional policies um, that created those challenges, so that as we plan communities going forward, we can do it better, we can do it together, um, and we can do it in a much more equitable way.
0: Mm. And so so when you look at the landscape, Christy, of cities and towns that are so... Not on board with that kind of thinking, like a wood bridge and yep. all those points. How, do you invite them to see this and we sort do. of help them frame this differently for themselves? We do. We really, we really take seriously our.
8: Um, commitment to what is sort of a trite thing, but to meet people where they are. And we recognize early on in the work that we've been doing for the last five or six years that people are in a different place in their um, understanding of the evolution of our communities um, and neighborhoods. And so, yes, we invite everyone, um, we've invited everyone, you know, probably a couple thousand people to come and see this exhibit. We hope that more than that, come and see it, but we do think it's a starting place for a conversation. Um, We think it will, you know, help create a base level of understanding um, about uh, community development practices um, and how they impact us for generations.
0: So, when you first saw this exhibit by the uh, the the young architect, uh, multidiscipline architect that you talked about uh, a few minutes ago, um, did you were did you have some awareness of these practices of how communities were redlined and how uh, racism and uh, uh, just had a whole and and legislated racism had a huge hand in in the makings of the problems that we are trying to combat now. So I I did, I had a, a very um,
8: preliminary understanding of that in the way that you do when you read about things like that. And for me, and this may just be the way my brain works, to see this, to, to have a whole visual experience that you walk through where you can actually see, yes, there's a redlining map, and we've probably all seen those. But then to pull out of that photographs of neighborhoods thriving vibrant communities, black communities that were completely um wiped off the map to make way for highways, for example. That mm-hmm. kind of thing happened all across the country. And to see it and to see the before and after photographs and to connect dots, which this exhibit does, with personal stories of people who have lived in those spaces and how those those um, institutional and crack, you know, policy decisions, change generations of lives, Um, to see it in front of you, for me, was much more powerful than to intellectually understand it,
0: having read about it in a report. Mm. And so um, not just for the people that sort of live in these communities, but can you make inroads with architects around this subject? I mean, do they find this valuable? Are they like all the architects that you know, when they find out about this, what do you think? What do they think? They're really, really
8: excited. And we've been, um, architecture is not a world that I spend much time in. So I, I've been really um, energized by how, um, how excited the architects that I've talked to about this are um, and how thoughtful many of them would, you know, how much more thoughtful many of them are about the community process, the community design process. Um, then perhaps they get credit for once their projects move through all of the sort of regulation and commissions and zoning and and planning work. But I think that um, this is a great tool to open up conversations with architects, city planners, housing developers to to recognize that there is a different way to do this, just because we've always in the past Maybe not centered community in our design doesn't mean that we need to do that going forward. And in fact, um, we hope this exhibit, you know, is a is a space for thoughtful discussion and reflection about how to do better going forward.
0: And so, um, I would imagine that you would want uh, municipal leadership to see these to see this exhibit as as a, a, a municipal leadership and and housing authorities. Yes. uh to sort of see this as as you know they've we've had this movement, particularly in New Haven where housing authorities have um um taken old housing public housing stock and reimagined them for mixed income mixed use kinds of properties mm-hmm. We're
8: really excited um about the response this has gotten among policymakers. Um, Elm City communities in New Haven is sponsoring the New Haven exhibit. Um, and I, I think it's a great sign of how progressive that that group can be. Um, Karen has been a wonderful supporter of this work. The Connecticut Housing Finance Authority is is the presenting sponsor for this exhibit, um, and I think those are all indicators of you know the change that we're seeing in terms of policymakers really rethinking um, you know traditional community planning.
0: I like it. So, um so everyday ordinary people won't get lost in the language and in the understanding of this?
8: No, I really don't think so and there's some some features um to to really make sure that that doesn't happen. Things like we have the um we have a redlining map of New Haven that will be at the exhibit when it opens this evening and we encourage everyone that goes through the exhibit to sit with that map and put a pin where they live now or where they've lived in the past. Um, and there are um, throughout the exhibit there are sort of reflective questions. Um, you can scan a QR code and listen to stories um, that have been recorded, really making an effort to to get folks to connect in whatever way makes sense given their histories and perspectives to the to the subject matter.
0: Mm. And so you said you came from you're looking at what how
8: many cities? We're looking at three cities. We're looking at Connecticut in general, but we're looking at Bridgeport, New Haven and Norwalk. Um, And what I really like about this show is that we do that work. We have a whole Connecticut timeline with those cities included. And then beneath it, you'll see a national timeline so that you can start to connect sort of the national trends of, you know, slum clearance, um, redlining, et cetera, disinvestment and and connect those dots to the history of Connecticut so that you can put our state and our cities in context um with the larger country.
0: So were we on par with the larger country were we were we as equally racist as the rest of the country?
8: Oh my goodness, what a question. um
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely yes and 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 when you look at this, Christy, what do you think? like what is your? What do you imagine about all of this? So my hope,
8: and I think what, because I really, I really have um, annoyed a lot of people in the state to get this here. <laughs>
0: I really wanted this to come. Um, and and well, it's, it is International Women's Day, so Happy Women's right? Day! Thank stand you. stand in your power. <laughs> one way of describing it.
8: Um, but I, I just, I think this is critical history, critical sort of information everyone who lives in any community needs to have about their community. Um, and I really hope also um, th- that young people who live in these cities and perhaps struggle with some of the, you know, issues that have been created by racist housing policy, racist community development policy. I I want them to understand, that these were intentional choices that that were made, um, and that there is no personal failing involved in being uh, from a specific neighborhood or place. Um, it's a it's a it's a big story, right? About privilege, um, about you know where you're born, how housing impacts everything in your life. Um, And I just think it's important that everybody raise that up and examine it and think about it Um, it, as, as we sort of move through our day, not, you know, we drive right through many, many places in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um, We're nine miles away, right? The, the life expectancy has a 10 year differential Um, and that's not by accident. And I think it's important that we talk about it um, and, and educate everyone we can about it.
0: I mean, I, I love the fact that that you can teach history through this, this very defined um, medium of just where you live, just by address. Um, I, I think I, I remember reading somewhere about your address dictates uh, this, where you will end up in life in terms of prison or schools and all these kinds of things. Like it is that fine-tuned Mm -hmm. Um, that, and that there, and that is almost insulting to sort of say to people, pull yourself up out of, Oh, pull your, pull yourself up by your bootstrap. It's almost insulting. It It is insulting. insulting. And it's, it's,
8: it's willfully ignorant. Um, and yes, there's incredible data by a, a researcher named Raj Chetty, where by zip code, you can start predicting lifetime earnings, um, and other things, and it just access to opportunity matters. Um, and and as a as a as a city, as a state, as a country, we have to do better. Um, and and it's a, we need to make the choice to do better. And we really hope that this exhibit gets people thinking about that. And you might disagree with it, um, but but at least maybe you're thinking about it. Um, mm.
0: And the s- disagreement would be what. Because it's factual like it's not like you're making this up and it's you're it's not it's all and you're factual. imagining. That's,
8: that's what I love about this is it is it is grounded in documents and history and policy that you can see and there are you know excerpts of that throughout the exhibit and you can read, you know, you can read you can read it, you could see it in black and white. Um, and if that's what it takes for some people to to sort of believe it, then then that's, that's what we hope it does.
0: So, so is this exhibit uh, uh, or, or some similar exhibit is going around the country? Like are other cities and towns and states taking this on?
8: Yeah. So um, the practice of democracy, um, the first practice of democracy exhibit debuted on the Highline in New York City this summer. Um, Connecticut is its second iteration um it just left bridgeport it is here in new haven um starting today through april 14th after that it will go to the city of norwalk um uh to to the community college there from april 24th to june 2nd but april de simone who created and designed and curates this the intent is to take it all over the country mm-hmm. um and, and again it's it's definitely the content is fabulous, but it's it's about starting the conversation um, in in various regions, um, cities, everywhere we can, about uh, a thoughtful examination of how we choose to develop our communities, um, and and you know what we can do better. It's a little bit hopeful for me. I mean, I I look at it and think this is an opportunity, right?
0: We we need to change what we're doing. We got to start somewhere. I like it. So talk to me about the democracy piece because sure. that that's a very specific, the practice of democracy. Yeah,
8: yeah. Um, and I'm a history buff. So, so I've, I'm sort of very um, excited by this piece of it. But the practice of democracy, the idea behind this is that um, we live in a country where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, where we talk about justice and equality, Um, And you can look at our um, Declaration of Independence, you can look at our Constitution and and you can read those words, but different people experience democracy in different ways in our country. Um, And and the exhibit starts with an excerpt uh, from the Constitution, and then contrasts that with photographs um, or drawings, because it's that early, of, of slaves slaveholders um and, and just really prods people to think about how you experience democracy how have has your family experienced democracy um because it is not the same for everyone we talk about it as americans but we don't all experience it the same way
0: mm, that's pretty pop this is a lot going on in this exhibit it is. I hope you go and go back and go back. It's fascinating. I, I think I would try to go tonight because I, I please I, I'm is. glad that it's there long enough so that if I don't get there, I'll get to I'll still get to yeah. go. And and
8: go the up. designer will be there this evening to to give a bit of a uh talk on it, which is always fascinating.
0: So talk to me about all the, the people who, who bought into this to bring this to fruition. Oh,
8: so exciting. So Connecticut Humanities. Um is, you know, uh, one of the largest funders of this, which is fantastic. Um, Connecticut Housing Finance Authority um, is presenting sponsor, which is also um, really wonderful and I think says great things about uh, the leadership there. Um, the Community Foundation for Greater New Haven is sponsoring this. The community foundation, Fairfield County's Community Foundation is sponsoring this. Um the community colleges in Norwalk, New Haven, and Bridgeport um, have been real partners in this work, um, as have our partners at Regional Plan Association. Um, uh, I mentioned Elm City Communities, Liberty Bank Foundation. Um, we, we sort of spread spread the love far and wide to bring this <laughs> to bring this to uh, to the state and are still, in fact, uh, just closing our funding gap, uh, since this runs through, uh,
0: through into June. Mm. I, I mean, I, I love this idea. And so, and the, and to bring it to Gateway Community College says what?
8: Um, that was super intentional. We wanted to bring it to community college campuses specifically because they're in the heart of communities, um, that have been particularly impacted by some of the issues explored in this exhibit. And their their student population, um, can can, you know, I think, get a lot out of out of looking at this and thinking about, right, where they are, where they've come from, where they've lived. Um, and it just seemed like this, this is an exhibit that wouldn't have been as powerful, I think, if it had been placed in, I don't know, pick a fancy art gallery or something. That's just not the <laughs> point, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so when you look at the landscape now, Christy, um, you know, we're in the midst of this housing. I, I hate to word crisis, but crisis maybe that there's not enough affordable housing, but yet everywhere we turn there's luxury housing being built. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's, that seems so intentional and in your face kind of, yes, we, yes, we we have the ability to make housing, just not for you.
8: Not for you. This is what I. This is what gets me out of bed every morning. This is what our organization focuses on. Um, uh, in our state, we are short eighty-six thousand units of housing for extremely low-income residents, and that's just untenable, right? And we're watching an increase in homelessness, and we're watching an increase in housing instability, um, and and we need a um proportionate response if you will um, a lot of the work that we do is to is to consider regions and try to more strategically align the very limited housing resources we have to um to be deployed in uh, prioritized based on need so it is our um hope that the state and the private partners who work in the affordable housing space take a look at some of the data that we've worked hard to produce so that they understand where the need is greatest and they attack that need first. Um, It is frustrating to watch um, units go up that are not um, affordable to those at the lowest income levels in our state because that is not, the data shows very clearly that is not where the gap is in housing in our state. and so, yeah, we work every day to tr- try to elevate that uh, idea and, and issue with a lot of partners across the state.
0: And so are people listening? Like, what? what, <laughs> does, what is, What you know, Christy, what is required beyond listening?
8: Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a couple of things I often say about this, right? This is a marathon, not a sprint. It took us decades and decades to get here. Public will is required. And a shift in the way that we approach housing um, policy and practice, a fundamental shift, which is we need to flip it on its head. And we need to make sure that the communities that need this housing are at the table making um, using their you know, they're the experts on what works and doesn't work and and how this should uh, how this should unfold. And we need to make sure that they're at policy decision making tables. Um, we need to stop a top down policy making ivory tower approach to this work. Um, this is highly controversial. I know I will not um, not be making any friends uh, putting this out there on your radio show, but but. Um, we have to stop doing what we've been doing forever, which is honestly, um, making decisions from the top down, the land use decisions that are made in our state at local commissions across 169 towns are largely made by white single family homeowners. Um, we have to start thinking about those things and, and really flipping this on its head.
0: Mm. So what would you say, Christy, to a town like like a, a town like Woodbridge, who is vehemently fighting any kind yeah. of conversation around affordable housing, let alone trying to build some affordable housing?
8: I would say um, it's it's time to look to the future. Um, and, you know, we are not this is not 1960s. 70s 80s 90s america anymore we have a massive population shift happening our demographics are happening we're as a state we are we're getting significantly older and less white um we are not um it it is not the 1960s right we don't all want to live in the suburbs um and i think that towns that don't um embrace change are going to struggle in the future. Um, I, I just don't think it's it's sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. A vibrant community and a vibrant economy requires um, a diversity of housing options, requires housing opportunity. Um, and thinking that you can hang on to single family zoning, you know, across what is it, 92% of our state is you know good luck with that but times are changing people are changing the needs of our state and our population
0: is changing and people need to change with it um so do you do you have any hope in urban centers sort of making urban centers attractive and affordable to all kinds of people now I say that tongue-in-cheek because we have has all this luxury housing going up as we speak
8: yeah (laughs) yeah so there's always a, you know, the, the, the risk of gentrification. And I think that there's some great work going on across the state, um, to, to sort of look around the country and take best practices and do our best to mitigate some of that. Um, I think, you know, we need leaders like Karen DuBois Walton at the helm of public housing authorities who are thinking about things like that, um, and I think uh, again, we we've got to just pause for a moment and and uh, stop with the business as usual, right? That that's not working for folks, and think about community land trusts and land banks and cooperative housing and, and all the models from all over the world um, that that folks are trying, some successfully, some not successfully, to make sure that. Um, people aren't being you know pushed out of their communities
0: um as they're redeveloped. Mm. so when you when you look across the country, Christy, do you see any best practices uh, uh, to use your words, best practices out there that you're like, oh, they get it or they got it or yeah. they're on the right track.
8: yeah, there's some really there is some really great work going on um and and while I do understand um deeply the differences in Connecticut from some of these places right there's incredible um zoning reform happening uh in the midwest um detroit and i think it's milwaukee have some pretty amazing um community land trust sort of grassroots work happening that it, where where neighbors and communities are um able to access capital to to buy land in their neighborhoods in a cooperative manner um, to make sure uh, that it doesn't uh, turn over to uh, speculative housing developers. Um, so there, there are grassroots programs like that happening. There's zoning reform happening. Um, I think we need to really look at uh, the way that we, the country has defaulted to tax credits as our main means of um, producing and financing housing. And I think um, that's fine, but but they don't necessarily incent the development or um, make it easy to build at the zero to 30% area median income level. So the extremely low income housing that we need. So we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> But you, but you, you get the sense that we we might have some of the right players at the table. I definitely do. We have amazing organizations like Desegregate CT that is um, really pushing zoning reform and has pushed this state uh, farther than I ever thought it could go on that in in a in a wonderful way. Um, we have wonderful partners like Housing Development Fund out of Stanford um, who is taking the lead on community land trusts. Um, there are, you know, really thoughtful, smart, innovative organizations all over the state uh, working on this. And and I think our biggest hurdle right now is public will. We have to, we have to make sure that the public will exists to, um, to influence our policymakers.
0: And and that's simply just getting people to the table and to the spaces to, to, to to raise their voices, to to raise awareness in their voices.
8: Yeah. And I think it's also, um, you know, I don't for a minute think we're ever going to change people's minds who are staunchly opposed to any of the things that we're talking about here today. But I do think there are a lot of people who just don't think about housing affordability as an issue that impacts them. And so we as advocates need to do the work to... um, Connect the dots for people like that. Housing is is a huge has a huge um, influence on economy. If that's something that someone cares about, it has an incredible impact on healthcare. If that's someone something that someone cares about, education. Social mobility, employment—it's foundational, and so we have to do a better job of maybe not always saying, "Hey, the sky is falling," right? We have a housing crisis, and instead saying, "You know, look at the opportunity that we have if we can invest in our in housing in our communities to, um, you know, to, to elevate the whole state."
0: Mm. Man, this is a good conversation. I am excited for this exhibit. Uh again, it's called uh I love the title of this, practicing democracy. Uh it's an interactive exhibit exploring planning and democracy um in New Haven and and and, and in Connecticut specifically. Uh, but I want people to go. It is there tonight is the opening reception from five to seven, but it'll be there until uh April 14th. Yes. At at Gateway Community at Gateway. College. Yeah. And then
8: it'll move to Norwalk Community College.
0: And then it'll move to Norwalk Community College. So you've got so there's opportunities for people to sort of see this exhibit, yes. practice uh practice of democracy, a view from Connecticut ex- from uh, Connecticut experience. So uh, thank you so much, Christy. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me, Bounce. Happy International Women's Day too. <laughs> yes, to you as well. Thank so you. maybe I'll get to see you in real life, uh, maybe this evening or that at That would some be point. fantastic. And Karen Jabos Walton is is my best friend, and I adore her. And uh, she I did has, not know that she has changed the uh, trajectory of of how we see housing in this city. and and, and has clearly shown us what is possible. She's What's a fabulous possible. partner. You are lucky to have her. Yes, so so thank you, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And hopefully, I'll see you this evening. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Take care. Thank you. All right, Harry, play us out. We're out. Happy International Women's Day. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I think I have a guest tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, let me look. Let me take a quick look before we, before we jump off. Uh, no, I don't. So it's just me again. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Maybe I might have somebody. We'll see. Might be a surprise. We'll see. Have a good day. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Paul. Y'all be safe out there. Happy International Women's Day. Thank <laughs> you.